you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions. And you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com slash smart marketing. MailChimp, built for growing businesses. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Hi, everybody. This is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, Stories of the Supernatural. And the following is an interview that I did with Reverend Sean Whittington, the host of Vegas Supernatural on KCOR Radio. Uh, he's a fantastic host, and it is always a pleasure to be on his show. And I think that this conversation that we had is absolutely fascinating, and I hope you enjoy it. Current cases, the team could use prayers. ReverendSean.com, pray that my discernment is true and my spiritual advice sound. At this time, brothers and sisters, I want you all to close your eyes, relax, and concentrate on the sound of my voice. I'm going to attempt mass hypnosis for the first time on Vegas Supernatural. Ready? Remember, all we need is love, and it begins with stopping the violence. At the sound of me clearing my throat, I want you all to open your eyes and say hello to the new world. <clears throat> love is why tonight's show is all about you all who have tuned in. Tonight's guest is one of the most requested guests by you, my listeners. Founder and creator of Nightshade Diary and Miami Ghost Chronicles, and much, much more. Author of such widely read classics like Haunted History of the Old South Wicked Ladies and Supernatural Safety, and on and on and on. The original, true queen of the paranormal. Brothers and sisters, welcome my friend, Marlene Pardo Pelliser. Good evening, Marlene. How are you? Hi, Sean. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing much better now. I'm with you. <laughs> oh, flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> I, uh, it's so nice to talk to you. I always, we always have a good time, and we yes. always let our hair down and just mm -hmm. whatever happens, happens, and whoever calls in, calls in, and whatever we end up uh, talking about, we talk about, and, and yes. uh, that's just the way it goes between you and I. Yes. But I know how busy you are. Oh, my gosh. I don't think I know anybody in the paranormal community as busy as you are. And it just blows me away that you were able to even come up with two hours on a on a Monday night to spend with me. So I don't know how you did it, but I really appreciate it. So thank you very much. No, you're one of my favorite people, Sean, for you always, of course. 
<laughs> Thank you. I, I know you mean that, and that means a lot to me that you feel that way. I'm just gonna I'm gonna hit you right between the eyes. Uh, mm-hmm. I started my show off with it. Hypnosis. Yes. Um. You are you know how to do that very yes. well, from what I hear. You've got a long background uh, under your belt and behind you, and a history of. Um, Uh, being a a hypnotist par excellence. I want to know over the years, and you've been doing this a very long time, did that skill set ever involve dealing with the paranormal? Yes. Well, you know, I did the traditional hypnosis. And when I mean traditional, I mean the reason why a lot of people go to hypnotists, as in um, I want to stop smoking. Uh, I want to you know, lose weight, keep going to the gym, uh, behavior modification. And I know that some people, it's like, you know, that's why a lot of people go sometimes uh, for stress relief also. Mm-hmm. But I also did do alternative forms of hypnosis, which was past life regression, spiritual attachments, uh, recovered memories for abductees, and also recovered memories, trauma- traumatic. Uh, you know, sometimes people uncover what they expect, kind of, or suspect. Other times they stumble upon things they really, truly had no recollection of whatsoever. That is pretty amazing. Um, it's always, hypnosis has always scared me a little bit. I know we've talked about this before. I have people like you that uh, do it and do it well uh, for, for a variety of reasons to help people, you know, um, uh, get over uh, an issue, a personal issue or past life regression, what have you. People are dying to get me to do that, especially a past life regression and live on radio. And I don't know why I'm so I really don't know why I'm so scared to do it, um, but I just keep resisting that. I know it's going to happen one day, but um, something that scares me about hypnosis is, and I know we talked about as far as there's been times where I wish I was on a case and I'm talking to someone who I clearly can tell uh, are so um, oppressed by some type of spirit attachment and perhaps even possessed and or in and out between those two stages. And I thought, I wonder, in addition to getting ready to, God forbid, perform an exorcism here, what would, I wonder if hep- hypnosis would help me at a time like this. And I'm also fearful of that, hypnotizing a possessed person. Because I wonder, do you lose all control then? Or is it a good thing because you still are able to have some type of control over the situation. Okay. Well, I'm a, before I get started that, let me tell you a real quick funny story. Back in 09, I was doing a show like this, and I hypnotized my host, and he fell asleep on me and was snoring. <laughs> <laughs> and I had the engineer, like, having a little meltdown, trying to contact me through the back channels, going, oh, my God. It was like... <laughs> So, oh my gosh, yeah, okay. that's crazy. Yeah, so, all so, right, okay. It, would, it <laughs> wouldn't take me long. You know, I'm, okay, I, yeah. I, it's not, it has <laughs> nothing to do with you or Tina or the show. I love doing the show, but I am one of those guys that if I sit, there's a chair that I swear is possessed in my living room. We <laughs> yeah. bought it. It's like an, an antique 
high back, padded, one of those chairs you would see an old man, and I am old, sitting in one of those uh, places smoking a cigar with a bunch uh-huh. of other buddies, rich buddies. Mm-hmm. It looks just like that, and I swear to you, you even look at the chair, <laughs> and you better be leaning up against something because you start nodding off. Yeah, and if I sit in it, it's a done deal. I can't sit in it. Yeah for anything to watch tv a movie even try to have a discussion with sharon it ain't happening or i'm out yeah believe it or not though though we do do associate that 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 after a while it's not really the chair it's that you're probably really comfortable and you sleep really well and for you you've already made that connection in your brain which is sit here means good sleep but yes, no, I, 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 before we got into the serious stuff, I said, I need to mention that. Yeah, I did that once and, and he was like, oh, and, and I relaxed him, but it was to the point that all of a sudden, you know, I brought him down and all of a sudden we got silence and snoring and it was like, <laughs> but then, you know, it was like, okay, you, you know, and a lot of people, I'll tell you, a lot of people think that if, when you get hypnotized, you go off into the never, never, and it's not, you don't like, you don't like wink out into another dimension or anything like that it's nothing like that it's just really really relaxed and if you're stressed out or you're really like multitasking uh and you go into hypnosis you drop down quick because it feels so good that oh, yeah. you just like bottom out like into relaxation so but yeah that yeah that's about the worst that could happen to you but what you were asking about as far as um working with people that have spiritual attachments and hypnosis etc okay number one i would only recommend it that it would be a hypnotist that is very well trained in this and i'll tell you right now a lot of regular hypnotists do not touch this area of hypnosis with a 10-foot pole they don't they're scared of it yeah for the very reason why uh you'll have people that work in the paranormal and ghosts you know or, or even psychics it's like, oh, it's all angels and beautiful things and butterflies and it's, but you know, and, but they don't ever go to what, hey, come on, everybody knows it's the dark side and that holds true with hip, hypnotists. They're never going to get involved in anything having to do, and some of them won't even go into the regression because every once in a while you will do a regression, whether it's present life or past life, and what pops up is interference from an attachment or even an attachment you've carried over from previous lifetimes. I mean, it it can go in a lot of different directions. So number one, I would say would have to be a hypnotist that understands it and knows what to anticipate or what to look for. Uh, you could have also various attachments. You could have an attachment, what I call a regular dead person. Uh, you know, it could even be a loved one who's enmeshed in your aura. You could have a non, uh, I want to say non-human, not, has to be demonic, it could be. You also have attachments from ETs, and I know a lot of people that there is a theory um, that, and, and I ran across this case once, where the ET is actually uh, embedded in your aura, or they put probes. You know how you've heard that people have found, um, I guess, probes in their body, actual probes in their body, which they believe has been placed there by an extraterrestrials. Well, they can do basically the same thing on a metaphysical plane to your auric body. And they monitor you 
the same way. So you could run across all those scenarios. You will even, um, there's, there's a theory out there where normally some extraterrestrials want to, and this we're basing this on the premise of reincarnation, okay, of rebirth. They want to, they, they want to experience life as a human being, but they do not want to go through the process of being born into a human body. In other words, the wheel of life. So they, they, they take the shortcut, which is attachment into the mm. person's body. But yeah, I mean, yeah. this alternative area of hypnosis could go in a lot of different directions. Now, if we go into just the paranormal, you have to be really careful, Sean. Number one, there's certain people, uh, if they have any type of mental illness, I would say absolutely not. Even if they do have an attachment, really? yes, you have to be really careful with that. Because depending on what they have, what their diagnosis is, if they understand what their diagnosis is, certain types of mental illnesses, you're, even if they do have an attachment, that's what I'm saying, one doesn't exclude the other. Uh, if, they're, they're, if, they're, if they're taking medicines, you got to be real careful. Um, and they... It's, better to earn the side of no hypnosis okay even if because sometimes uh some people depends when they go into hypnosis they will you know how when somebody goes to this uh theater and you see a movie and you're like into it you're like basically living the storyline yeah. even though you're not there it's just a movie well the person can have a similar experience I and mean, if this person has any type of mental illness and their grasp on reality is maybe sometimes not that good or every once in a while slips if they go into a full-fledged episode during hypnosis they will react bodily like if they're actually having experiencing that moment so you got to mm. be really careful with that uh, i have done it i've done it i have regressed people that have had attachments while I've been on investigations, but it's very seldom. It was usually the other way around. They would come to me in my setting, at my office, and we would handle it in that way. You know, that's it. It is. I I feel justified by your answer that I'm not copying out of that because I'm scared to do that. One, I don't. I'm not a trained hypnotherapist. Mm -hmm. Two, I bet you're not the only one with those skills that I've asked to accompany me on certain cases. And you're right. They usually go, no, I, I'm, I'm, I thank you for the invite, but I would like to pass. Yeah. Um, but the only reason why I even thought about it was because now we, in this field of spiritual warfare, are experiencing uh, what is being referred to as complete integration, where we think that the possession has gone beyond just possession, and now the invading unclean spirit has totally taken over the yeah. a vessel, mm -hmm. and the soul of the person that inhabited it first is gone, not even still remaining in there. It's been sent somewhere. Yeah. And so I thought, you know, I do have some trigger questions that, uh, it's not religious provocation, but I do have some trigger questions and statements that I can say to a person um, that if they are actually in the process, if they are in that state of position, possession, the, the demon can't, can't handle the statement. And their reaction triggers me that that's what I'm dealing with. So I thought, 
underneath complete, you know, if this is a true thing, complete integration, under that state, I thought maybe this could give me one more uh, piece of control where I can get to the bottom of things. I can find out the answers I need to find out from this whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh if I can hypnotize them when they're in this state of complete integration, as if they took over the vessel. Now you are going to be subject to everything. The other person, you know, you wanted, you wanted that vessel. Now you're in this world and this is what, you know, take this. And that's just one more thing I can wrap around them and have some type of control. But I was scared to do that. And you're saying for good reason. And that might, be a bad thing i'll tell you what sean you're the first sign that you're dealing with something that's not human is when you start because basically at some point during hypnosis you start talking directly to that entity we're talking either either a human attachment or non-human in other words they're speaking with the vocal cord of the person okay and and they they shift from you know like all of a sudden I see this to your, it goes from third person to first person. Your first sign that you're dealing with something not human is you start getting answers like, I don't care. When you start getting that, that answer back to a question, I don't care. That's your first sign that you're not dealing with a human spirit or attachment and that you're talking about something that's non-human. Okay. Yeah. Um, they refer a lot to things being a lie. Okay. You're a liar. You know, you know, they do, they, anything having to do any, um, any, uh, question or conversation you want to have with them regarding the truth. No, it's a lie. I don't care. Or, uh, and they're incapable of the truth. They're incapable of the truth. But especially I'm telling you, the first thing you see is when you start, because even when you have a dialogue with an attachment uh, that's human, they engage with you. Even if they're mad, <laughs> you very rarely get the I don't care thing. When you get I don't care, that's your first tip off. Which, by the way, you can have attachments. And a lot of times they'll, they'll like push forward the human attachments so they can throw off, whether it's the hypnotist or in this case, uh, uh, religious intervention. So that you think, oh, this is just human spirits. We're going to cross them over. We're going to walk them out. And then that you'll just say, done deal. Because they're very good at that, which is deception. Yeah. Well, I have people in my field that get very upset at me when I even have these discussions because they're like, you're forgetting one of the basic rules that you learn not only from experience, but in your training when you were becoming ordained, that you don't encourage dialogue mm-hmm. with the entity, especially when it's an extremely malevolent or dark force. So, yeah, I know it goes against that rule. It was just uh, well, sometimes wondering you, you, you from might someone not know. who's... Ta- you might yeah. not know, Sean. Maybe you suspect it. You know, you might be have some human attachments in there that are being held captive, for lack of a better word, by a non-human entity that's running the show. Uh, and maybe you are trying to figure out, you know... Are you human? Are you non-human? Because, and, and by the way, a lot of times when you come across human attachments, human spirits, they're almost eager sometimes. They might be confused, but they might be even eager to get out, like cross me over, like, or if you explain things to them. That's what I'm saying. When you see your I don't care, 
that's like, oh, here we go. You know, that's a problem. In other words. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I brought this all up because I find that skill set of yours fascinating. And I'm just wondering how much, um, you know, it's just for many years, it's just been my wife and I. And I always wondered what it would be like to have someone like you on the team. And if I lived in Florida, it wouldn't matter what your answer would be to me. I'd be coming in your house and throwing you over my shoulder and carrying you to the cases anyway. But um, you do have, real quick, we have just a couple of minutes left to the first break. It's one of two short three-minute breaks. But I know you have a, it's either YouTube or it's a website that's mm -hmm. called Hypnosis DIY. DIY. Yeah. You still have that? Yes, I do. So people can still reach out to you through there if they need your assistance uh, in that field of expertise, hypnosis, or they need well, to be hypnotized? Normally what I have there is recordings because I just don't have the time anymore, Sean. But and, oh. and when we get back, I'll explain to you why. that It's, it's an ongoing process. It's not a one-shot deal as far as the benefits of hypnosis. Absolutely. Yeah, you are. I, I always forget that. that just uh, And I am too. I don't know why I always forget that part about you, but I, uh, you know, it just, I'm, I find myself sometimes just hanging on emotionally and physically by my fingernails. Like, how am I going to get all this done this week? It's right. Sunday right. night. I've got this week ahead, you know, and I get mad at myself because I realize, well, you're the one that put yourself in this position. Uh, you're now you're just going to have to, you know, put on your big boy panties and, mm -hmm. and tighten your belt as tight as it can go and just jump in both feet and deal with it. So yeah, I need to uh, manage my um, manage me a little better, I yeah. guess. Nah, well, it um, happens to all of us. Yeah, you you I just you blow me away. I mean, it's just pages and pages of interviews and shows you've done, and the new podcast. I want to talk about the new podcast I stumbled sure. upon uh, when I was stalking you again this <laughs> week for the show. But you you just got, I just don't know how you do it. Um, but just. And I'll probably pick your brain on uh, on some some of the scariest stories you'd like to share sure. with us later, because you've got so many new shows out. This is the Rev. This is Vegas Supernatural. My very special guest tonight. You guys request her all the time. One of the most requested guests by my listeners, Marlene Pardo Pelliser, sharing two hours of her busy Monday evening with me. I don't know how you were able to pull that off. But so now people can go to Hypnosis DIY on YouTube and download or just listen to some wonderful recordings you have on there for a variety of things to help people with, correct? Right. Yeah, they can either go to the YouTube or hypnosis-diy.com. And on YouTube, obviously, you can listen to it. But if you want to actually download the MP3 file, you can do it on, uh, on the website. Uh, and I only charge a dollar forty nine. It's I'm not. It's 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 very short, but I did it that way, Sean, because people are busy. They're usually about fifteen or twenty minutes, and it's like something that. And by the way, this is a heads up for people that are trying to use hypnosis or recordings for for basically to change certain behavior. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the sixteenth time in a row proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. 
best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by root metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks. Your best time to do this is right before you go to sleep. This is when your subconscious mind is open and accepts things like this, change, changes in behavior. We're very resistant to that. So if that's what you're trying to do, uh, and even if you fall asleep, a lot of people say, well, I fall asleep. Believe it or not, your subconscious mind, you are listening to it. You do hear really? it. Really? Yes, you do. You do. It's so very if, if you're going to time it, if you can, uh, right before you go to sleep is your best time if you want to, if you're trying to work that change in and your subconscious, of course, is being very resistant because we don't like to change. Even if what we're trying to change logically, uh, we, 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 man, our subconscious can be very devious to outmaneuver us from changing. Absolutely. You know, that's funny you say that because the TV is, sometimes I watch some late night TV and Sharon might be right there asleep and I mean, she is out. Sharon can be, I usually have to be close by and keep an eye on her when she's getting in bed. First, she's got to fight for a space because if, if the Mastiffs even see her in her PJs, they go rushing to the bed and then they take the bed over and you can't get in. So she has to kind of fake them out and be in her PJs under under like a coat and uh -huh. get to the bed. Then the coat comes off, she's in bed and they're like, darn. And then they jump up there. But she is out. I mean, I know she's out and she's probably listening at the other end of the house. She's going to get mad at me, but she can be out. I mean, snoring, drooling out. And I'm watching some TV, some really good movie or something with the volume really low. Uh -huh. It'll, the, the alarm will finally go off and she has to wake up and start getting ready to work. And over breakfast, she'll start asking me about things of the movie. What happened <laughs> to this character or what happened to that character? Did that turn out okay for that guy? And she heard all of that while she slept and yeah. is remembering it when she wakes back up. Yeah. Isn't which that... Is, she's, she's still... She's, crazy. Well, yeah. Well, believe it or not, though, that tells me she's not really dropping off into REM sleep a lot of times. Because even though your subconscious mind remembers and hears stuff, you don't consciously remember it. Okay, let's, let's put it this way. Your subconscious is always on record. Always. But... If we had to consciously think of everything that we have taken in, you know, our heads would explode. Basically, what you keep in the forefront or your conscious mind is what you need to operate on a daily basis. But that subconscious has got a, a storage, a record of everything you've seen and heard, experienced. It's there. Can a person have a full night's sleep and still not hit REM? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's crazy. You see that a lot with people that have problems with anxiety, have hypervigilance. Uh, you know, we even do it sometimes when we worry. I mean, everybody goes through it normally at some points where your quality of sleep is not that good. Um, but it's there comes a point where you have to. As a matter of fact, one of my suggestions when I would hypnotize my clients was 
you will every night drop down into REM sleep and every time you experience it this will be reinforced I would do that with all my clients all of them no matter what because people sometimes whether it's anxiety or they're they want to like they want to sleep they need to sleep but they they're so busy they don't really want to sleep so they kind of don't let themselves go so I my suggestion to all my clients was that it's very important hmm. yeah well I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to take you by the hand into another case here Let's because go. I don't live out there with you and uh, I'm not able to physically do that. But sleepwalking. Yes. Now, I had a case where the woman was telling me, the single mother was telling me that, you know, her, her son who, uh, he was much older. He was in his 20s, but he was totally nonverbal. Um, and he had severe Down syndrome. Okay. And so um, she she was still taking care of him. Okay. And once he went down for the night, he was down. But when she started to have the paranormal activity in the house, he would get up and walk around and be sleepwalking. Now, uh, to witness that the first time, I just wrote it out because you know how they always say you never wake a sleepwalker? Mm -hmm. But I wasn't 100% sure if he was actually just sleepwalking or if something took him over. Now, night terrors... Sharon has her fair share of night terrors. God bless her. She's, you know, some of the things she's seen and been through in some of the cases we've worked. There's there's no, you know, no wonder she has them. But I never know if I should wake her up during a night terror or let that write itself out or sleepwalking. How you handle that. If it's, whether it's natural or just came on suddenly or you suspect foul play uh, as far as spiritually? Okay, my experience usually when somebody starts having sleepwalking as an adult, and in other words, that it started when they were an adult. Because usually adults that sleepwalk, they have a history of sleepwalking since childhood. And sometimes, as a matter of fact, by the time they're adults, it's kind of like disappeared. Um, that's really weird. When you start seeing somebody sleepwalking now when they're an adult, uh, there's got to and, and there's some type of indication of paranormal activity or something. That that you, you need to look at that aspect that what's causing it is some type of interference from an entity, possibly. Not possession though. No. No. Just kind of they're taking advantage of the person being in that weakened um, sleep state yes. and controlling them a little bit. Okay, well, you know what? How many times have you heard, Sean, of people that uh, if they don't, if they're not psychic, but they have these weird dreams that basically they have spirit communication when they're asleep, and it's because that's when all our filters, everything goes down, all, everything that you're that you're too busy that says no, that's not. So you all have spirit communication sometimes when you're asleep because of that. You're more accessible. And you even heard of people having mis- uh, messages from loved ones when they're asleep, like dreams. Well, but the same thing happens if you've got an entity that's somehow trying to find wiggle room to get into the psyche of that person. Um, the first attempt they make somehow is when they're in the sleep state. And then that's mm-hmm. why I'm saying it's... And if that person doesn't have, as an and adult doesn't have a history even... of sleepwalking, it's like, why now? 
what was what was very interesting was he was totally he was completely nonverbal, but after he would go into this sleepwalking uh, routine, it would always end with him finding some odd place to eventually lay down and try to go back to sleep, whether it be the hallway, top of the stairs, the second story landing, what have you. But right. as he would get to the point where whatever inside him decided that I'm going to try and go to sleep here now, then he would burst out into these uh, violent um, uh, verbal screaming type fits like something was trying to kill him and he was in before this all happened he was incapable of doing that right vocally wise verbally wise right so um your your advice would be to let the sleepwalker ride it out or, uh, and not wake depends depends sometimes sleepwalkers it's they're not really they they they, they do but sometimes they do stuff that can be dangerous. I mean, I've heard of people yeah. trying to leave their house or going into areas. Let's say you have a pool. I know you kind of gently. I mean, I'm not saying clap their hands, your hands in front of their face and startle them. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Don't do that to them. But, you know, just like if you would try to very gently wake somebody up, like, hey, hey, you know, yeah. like maybe stroke them. You know, people also have to look. Was there a triggering event? Why all of a sudden this person or child is doing this? Okay, when did this start? Was something going on in the household? And, and, and I'm saying this as far as don't jump to the, you know, was it paranormal? Is it not? Is there something going on in the dynamics of the household where this person is expressing anxiety the only way they can? Especially in this case that you're describing, they're nonverbal. But if none of that applies, you would have to think, okay, what's going on? But no, I, I think that's an old wives' tale. But it just depends on how you do it. But especially if this person could be leaving the house or doing something dangerous, trying to go, let's say you live in a two-story home, maybe going downstairs, uh, let's say, and it's pitch black. What makes you think, just because you're sleepwalking doesn't mean you can see where you're going. It's like, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what happened in well, that case, about... uh, Sean? I'm very curious to find out. Well, believe it or not, it was an, a, one of my unsuccessful ones. I wasn't able to really bring, bring closure to it really? somewhat. But, you know, they always say the last thing you want to tell a family is move. Yeah. Uh, and I try to never do that. But mm -hmm. ultimately, um, they did have to do that. But I got them all back into, well, I got them all to do a mass dunking in the holy waters at a large Christian church okay. and uh, accept Christ back in their lives. And they started as often as they can. I know everybody's busy, but as often as they could get to confession and then mass and receive communion, they tried to do so. And they've changed their lifestyles around a bit, but they did actually have to move out of state. What? Um, out of state? Yeah. Because the house was just, uh, I mean, this was... Uh, things happen I, I couldn't explain like I could put on a, a a set of stethoscopes and I work in the medical field so I have several pairs of them good ones right. and I could put it up to the wall of the house and it would sound like there'd be areas of the house that would sound like it was breathing and there would be areas of the house that actually sound like a heartbeat um, it was crazy <laughs> well so and, and, and let me ask you had they been living there long or what or did they just had they been living and then stuff started uh, happening? Not, not super long, not super long, but I think something was there and 
the whole family is sensitive. Everybody in that family is very sensitive to spirit. And I suspected the mother, uh, who she's not practicing, but I suspect she's got strong psychic abilities. And there might be a, a, and I think that all triggered it. I think it was like just the perfect storm. This family of extremely psychically talented and gifted people. Right. The whole family came into this place and it was just like a ticking time bomb and it was just like the perfect storm um but now they just don't like i said they changed uh their lifestyle around and um changed some things that they thought might also be inviting that type of a thing um and they obviously didn't want what was there to follow them to this new home which it hasn't that's a good part of the story but uh, I I hated that I had to. Um, oh, sometimes there's only you know, so much uh, that you can do, and you know ultimately that thing about you can give the advice, but you can't make them. You know, you're hoping they do the what you recommend, but ultimately, but I'm gonna give you. I, I when you talk about inviting things to happen, a couple of days ago I received an email from. I'm not gonna disclose the name of a paranormal group here in Florida, which they had a request for help. But they're three hours away, so they were trying to find a paranormal team to go in there now. What they're saying is that this family bought a house, okay, uh, and apparently um, that he started having paranormal activity and that their 11-year-old daughter was playing with a Ouija board, all right? And then that, mm-hmm. that this kid is saying that she sees a man in her room. And they now have objects moving, noises, you know, typical lights going in and out. And that there was a doll in the house. Uh, and I don't know the specifics of that. That when, In other words, they found the doll when they bought the house. And that this doll moves around from location to location. Okay. And that they're mm. scared. And I was like, okay. All right. Why is your 11-year-old playing with a Ouija board? Let's go there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's certain things that just throw up such a big, huge red flag, yeah. and you just go, "Why would parents even allow?" Because uh, kids watch everything now. Yes, they've got free access to the internet. They've got mm-hmm. free access to their TV, and they see all these paranormal shows, and they're bored. They got nothing else to do. Right. And let you know, and they get into that stuff. It's very attractive to young kids. And imagine, I always thought, you know. That's why these things are attracted to that because you're a spirit roaming around in this void, mm-hmm. and that's like um, that's like the light off the top of the Luxor here in Vegas yeah. when they see somebody, you know, opening and closing portals and dabbling in the yes. in black magic and the dark arts and doing seances and stuff, and they just swarm to it like you know moths to a light on your back porch. Right. I mean, um, they're saying yeah. there was a doll in the house. Okay, maybe, maybe it was something left behind innocently. My point is, but I would say of everything that they described there, the Ouija board with an eleven-year-old, which is a prepubescent, which is putting out kinetic energy like an explosion, uh, that could be fueling. And this is without. This is just based on information I was given. That could be the catalyst right there as to, or. Was there something in this house they bought? That's the thing. It's like everything dovetails. They get to a new home, and um, their 11-year-old is playing with the Ouija board. What's first, the chicken or the egg? Was there something already there? 
or was it something that because she was you know playing around with his not so innocent Ouija board that maybe this house there was nothing absolutely wrong with it and she opened the she opened the like you said somebody took her up on the invite yeah so yeah, yeah. I, I I passed the case on to the the research foundation that does the state to see if they could get somebody out there because they're scared enough. And I'm thinking to myself, of course they're scared. Uh, yeah. I'd be scared. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do yes. you, so what about the night terrors? Do you wake a person up from the night terrors or you to let them ride that out? You know, it depends. Some people get really violent, by the way, when they go into night terrors. You know that, right? They, they are, because they're so scared, in other words. They're, again, they are experiencing this like if they were actually in the actual moment their their body or their mind doesn't recognize that it's just like a movie like if you're watching a screen i would say depending on the level of stress because you have to understand that when you're going through terror your body your brain is producing cortisol you're raising your stress levels through the roof your body's reacting on a biological level like if you're there yeah so depending what level it is i would again very gently wake up the person okay uh because basically it's like you know haven't you ever really been having a hard, a bad nightmare that you wish man i wish somebody would wake me up like in that moment <laughs> you're like yeah. man somebody i wish somebody would pull me out of this well it, it's it's funny that is the uh only time the dogs will actually get up out of bed move when sharon has one of these night terrors because she does come out of them violent and has punched them before <laughs> and uh so and and she's punched me before too and it hurts she's strong right and right. so uh yeah it's um i'll have i'll remember that though and have to right. maybe, and it, it, at the very know. least call out to her right um, <laughs> out of arm's reach how about, a, how about a squirt gun full of holy water <laughs> right it's like from across the I'll room just squirt her from about 10 feet away and let it just kind of splash on her face a little bit you know i've got i bought this box of of uh, squirt guns, and I usually fill them with holy water and give to children uh, of these cases that I work in and I, that I suspect something dark is there. Mm -hmm. And I just tell them, leave this on your nightstand. Yes. And when the, the bad man comes, just pick your little gun up and squirt them and shoot them uh, with the magic water and, and make them go away. And uh, so I might use, <laughs> I might use well, that yeah. on share. <laughs> Yeah, let me tell you uh, something. That might get her really mad. Can you imagine you're like asleep even if it's a night terror and somebody squirts water in your face? I'd be like ready to punch oh, somebody wait. for me. I got, oh, she'll, she'll get bad. She'll think of something again. Let me tell you something. But, I, I have to laugh because we used to have a co-worker. This was many, many years ago. And he, I, I don't know what he was doing on his time off, but he would be constantly falling asleep at his desk. So we <laughs> we would cover for each other. Well, it got to the point that we were we would work... And every, we got like we went and we got some squirt guns, which we would keep at our desks. And every oh time God. he, I mean, he would fall like deep, deep asleep. So we were like trying to save him from getting in trouble. And we were because he was a really neat guy. He was a nice guy. He's just had this problem with staying awake. We would squirt water at him, and it was hilarious. But man, it was like thanks, but you could tell it was ticking him off at the same time. <laughs> that is funny. Maybe he had narcolepsy. I don't know. Yeah, thinking back, this was back, I want to say, in the 80s. This was before narcolepsy, like, the information about it was really widespread. But possibly, yeah, he could have. Well, we have four minutes or less 
uh, to the top of the hour long break. Brothers and sisters out there, most of you that tune in all the time know this, but newcomers, it's the long six-minute break. It's a great time to get something cold to drink, go to the restroom, check on dinner, check on the dog, make sure they're not chewing something up. And um, when I get back with you, Marlene, I am going to pick your brain on a number of things. I want to make sure I get out to the listeners everything, and there's quite a list here, but everything that you're involved in, because especially the new podcast, I listened to a couple of the episodes. That was such a cool thing you did, because it's unexpected. You go to this one website, and everybody knows about Nightshade Diary and right. MarlenePardo.com and uh, Miami Ghost Chronicles. Then you go to this one website, and they have the new podcast there, yeah. right, right in the middle at the top, which is cool. So we'll go over that, but I wanted to pick your brain on why it seems like so many children in so many of these families that reach out to me that have either Down syndrome or autism, um, severe cases of it, yeah. seem to be the ones that are targeted. Because mm -hmm. I'll tell you, not only well the, the children have no understanding why they're being targeted, and the the parents... Like it's not hard enough to right. to be dealing with what they're already dealing with, but then now you throw in the mix. Something's now attacking their their yes. child, um, who's already got uh, his or hers lifetime ahead of them share of issues. Um, so it's it's scary, and sometimes I just absolutely don't know. Uh, what my next step should be or how I should or should advise because that's very tricky. And like I said, you know, I'm not a medical doctor. Mm -hmm. I'm not familiar enough with um, uh, either one of those conditions, but I did notice that's a, a trend that seems to be happening a lot. And if you had a theory on why they seem to always be the targeted one, children and dogs and cats in the homes are always the targeted ones. And yeah. I tell the families to get them out of there before I come and do my blessing, yes. but especially the ones that are having some uh, issues. So brothers and sisters, don't go anywhere. I got another hour with this wonderful woman, Marlene Pardo Pelliser, when we get back after the long break. We'll see you in a few sisters. minutes. If you have not done your good deed for the day yet, pick up a copy of my new book, God, Ghosts, and the Paranormal Ministry. Part of the proceeds goes to St. Jude's Children's Hospital, and that is a very good thing. If you are interested in taking my 12-week online course, Introduction to Spiritual Warfare, you can contact me direct at my personal email, which is Sean, S-H-A-W-N-L-V-N-V at Hotmail.com. If you are Annie had an earache on a Saturday of all days. So her mom brought her to Minute Clinic at CVS, where you can see a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials like pain relief products, all in one visit, even on evenings and weekends. You can even see us online with telehealth options. For quality, affordable care on your schedule, visit Minute Clinic at CVS. That's healthier made easier. Services vary by location. See MinuteClinic.com for details. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one 
best network. Verizon. Best and most reliable based on root metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined. Not specific to 5G networks. Someone you know is in need of the services of a spiritual advisor, intuitive coach, listener. Go to reverendshawn.com. And last but not least, my wonderful wife, Sharon, is my producer. She pays out of her own pocket for my airtime. So if you enjoy the show, send in a small donation. You can do that right here at the KCOR homepage. Make sure you mention it's for Vegas Supernatural. Or you can donate at the website, ghostbegone.biz. And for those of you that have done so, God bless you. Next week, I will be back. August 5th with a brand new show. My special guest, Psychic Barry Strom. And he is the author of Channeling the Life of Jesus, which should be very interesting. I'm looking forward to that. But now, back with my very special guest tonight, one of the most requested guests by you, the listener, on Vegas Supernatural, Marlene Pardo Pelliser. And I'm going to ask you, Marlene what your theory is on why it seems that these children, and usually when I'm about, I've made a decision, I'm going to come over and possibly perform an exorcism on a property in a home. I tell the family to get all the, board the animals, send the children to a babysitter, because I know if something lashes out, it's going to lash out at them first. But it really seems to be a reoccurring thing for me with these children that have Down syndrome, autism, or a variety of other um, uh, afflictions of that nature to be the targets of these malevolent forces. And I wondered if you had a theory on that. You know what, Sean, in my experience, it usually has to do with one of the most strongest defenses against spiritual turbulence dark force entities is the family the family group the cohesiveness love and by this i don't mean perfect families but that that support whatever what whatever the 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 family is composed of and of course when you attack a child in this case a child that might have some type of disability that in a way it's almost an attempt to fracture the family to fracture the adults that are there because they might feel helpless. Uh, they're, in other words, they're more than overprotective, justifiably so, if their child they feel is being targeted and can't, in some cases, if they're not verbal, uh, they don't know how to explain or say what they're experiencing. So it totally destabilizes the family unit, totally. And this is how this works. It's like, Go for the weakest link and then work it from there. So to cause anxiety, stress, hopelessness, uh, that the, the, the adult or adults, in this case, whatever the case might be, kind of loses the, they kind of surrender their power. They feel because they, they don't know what to do, how to protect your child or they don't understand and that's how it works. It's, it's like a divisive and insidious way of isolating and destroying the family unit through worry, anxiety. Uh, and that, that's, that's what I've seen a lot. 
because I, I can tell you there's a lot of adults that can take just about anything except when their children are attacked and especially a child that has a disability and when you even said that thing about the animals let's say even for people let's say there's no children but you have pets it almost it's on the same level that the animal is nonverbal can't explain to you and you are were basically tearing your hair out trying to figure out and protect them talk about you know making the person anxious heartbreak agony suffering this is what these dark force entities thrive off of uh, so as to the answer to your question that's I think plus there's a theory that some people let's say when we're talking about let's say a child that depending uh, you know if they have some type of learning disability or maybe down syndrome or they even autism depends uh, that they're targeted because they're more of an open channel uh, in a way and I've heard of some theories where sometimes these spirits even disguise themselves initially as another child uh, almost to engage this child in some type of relationship in a way and then it goes that that that's almost like you know when you're trying to open a package and you know if I can get my finger in there the tip of my finger then I can open it all the way it's the same yeah. same theory it's the same thing that that works from uh, when you're talking about something that its aim is to destroy and to tear apart a family and to cause suffering yeah yeah it's um and then just you know throwing everything else that's against you maybe it's a single mother but she's yeah. you know sharing custody with the husband and the husband's into some weird dark things and possibly introducing that into the kids and then the kids bring that back to the main house where they stay most of the time with the mother and um and on and on and on it's just uh and the mother's complaining well i can't get the whole family to go and all jump into the holy waters at the christian church i can and i'd be more than happy to do that but i can't none of the, i can't get the kids to do that so it's just yeah and these and i know that it's these forces that are just putting all of those stumbling blocks yes. in front of you one after another after another that's why i always tell people when they call me well, I just want you to know right off the bat that if there's a quick fix here, then, uh, you know, God bless us all. But I doubt there's going to be because usually there's not. And we could be in for a fight for a very long time because people want you to just come over yeah. and wave a magic wand and make it all better. And it just, just doesn't work that way. Well, I was about to say when you were describing... When the person starts saying all the reasons why, you know, I can't, my family, whatever, let's let's really a lot of times it's an excuse as in I'm I'm abdicating control, I'm helpless in this, and I will say that in these situations, let's say you cannot that what's in that scenario you described, you can't get everybody on the same page for whatever reason. As long as that one person. It starts doing something whether it's prayer blessing the house it's like you know critical mass you know when you're moving something really heavy that at the beginning you think you're not moving it if right. you don't start pushing back 
nothing will get done. You have to start pushing back, even if it's on an individual basis. Again, people sometimes underestimate their power as a human being, saying, okay, and by this, I don't, I don't want to say that if you need clergy or somebody like you to come in there and like, hey, I'm going to do the heavy lifting, I can start it. I can, I can make it uncomfortable for this entity. I can make it start loosening its grip on the, 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 my household. Um, in other words, I don't have to wait for the cavalry. It's great when they get here, but in the meantime, I do have power. I do have things that I can do. Again, it can be as simple as prayers, opening up drapes, letting the sun in, um, seeing I'm going to, and I, I am powerful enough to try to do something, even if it's on a daily basis, like every day I'm going to do this. I'm going to do something today. Uh, and a lot of people, it's easier, like you said, Sean, to call up somebody like yourself and say, I don't know what to do. When are you coming over and getting rid of all of this? And then yeah. I never again, like in other words, that's just not the way it works. It's not the way it works at all. Well, I, I am guilty, and I'll admit this live on air, I am guilty of probably cutting loose far more clients yes. than uh, I'd like to admit to. Mm -hmm. But it usually finally comes down to if the actual person that reached out to me thinks that, you know, when, when they say, well, so what's your approach going to be? And I give them a little insight on me and what my and how I plan to approach it. And they just think that's the craziest thing they've ever heard. And they're not on board with that at all. You just can't come over and, you know, uh, do what you do and chase whatever this thing is out of my home and everything, make everything better. No. And when I realized that the person actually is saying, well, I really am not comfortable with you doing, with doing this or doing that. Um, I'll, you know, I'll try and find help elsewhere. And I, I encourage it. I'm all, well, you're going to need help. And because I'm not the guy for you doesn't mean that there's not a team out there for you. But more times than not, like you just got done saying, a week goes by, they've had several other teams come in there who all made it worse. Yes. Now they come back to me, but it's not, it's now an attack. Now, when they've come, when they've made their full circle and they've come back to me, now they're attacking me for not having helped them in the first place. And I'm ultimately the reason why now it's off the charts craziness in their life. And, um, and would you believe more times than not, even at that moment, mm -hmm. they're still not on board with the way I plan to approach it. Let me ask you something, Sean. I don't know if you've run across this. I have. And I'm going to put this in a family setting. In other words, there's more than one person in the household. And they're having, you know, really dark, malevolent stuff going on. And they've done it. Maybe, like you said, they've even called groups. They're calling you in. And really what's holding that there is that there is somebody in that household that wants that entities to stay or is engaging it in other words they they might say let's say to you oh my god uh, i'm so scared i want this to go away or whatever but behind the scenes 
either because they're bored and they're excited or they just for some stupid reason they feel like some type of connection with this entity and you might be thinking what is going on why is this why is this thing not budging and all it needs is just one person in that household to be saying for it to stay and that people be surprised how often that happens uh yeah. depending on yeah, you know, and and I'm gonna say this. You know, when we see these families going through these traumatic, because sometimes it can get pretty traumatic, traumatic experiences of a malevolent haunting or something, you kind of feel sorry for them, and you're always thinking. But sometimes you have people in that household which are not really nice, and like there's like almost like a like attracts like like a special connection between them and this entity, which is why they got such a dark entity in there to begin with. And maybe not even the rest of the family knows that they're the ones that are kind of holding this thing in place there and with the torment and everything going on. And somehow or other, this activity is feeding their soul somehow. It's kind of really weird. It's a very weird dynamic. But sometimes you have to really look individually at who's there and what do they really want. Um, I hate to say it, but sometimes you have a person in that household who, I know this sounds really dark, is enjoying seeing their family or their partner or whoever being tormented. And they're not going to it. might even it. be them themselves who yeah. are being tormented. But something about the torment, Yes. Uh, they don't want it to stop. Oh. Um, Spiritual I, SNM. I, I'm going to get, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to get, hate mail for this for even the terminology that i'm going to use but i think of um domestic violence cases yeah, sure. and you can just put that word demonic in front of it demonic domestic mm -hmm. violence cases yes. sometimes you know uh, and a, a police officer will tell you those are the most dangerous calls to go on because uh whoever's being um and it could both parties could be guilty, but whoever's really taking the blunt of that, now all of a sudden when you come to help, uh, things aren't as bad as what they made it seem to be according to them when you know it's bad, but they almost don't seem com ready to commit to call it quits and do whatever it takes to make this stop. Am I making sense? Oh, absolutely. Oh, and, and I don't have mentioned, but I was an investigator for the state and, and I have I have worked in a lot of cases that there was domestic violence and I've seen this firsthand a lot of times and you know a lot I could you know sometimes there's absolutely an economic component you know, to the you know you know they depend on this person economically but that there that that there is sometimes a, a a thing where maybe when it just happened they are they'll they tell you horrible things about what was said and done and even prior stuff and then you come back 72 hours or a week later and it's like no it wasn't that bad you know well and they even self blame and you're like what you just you know, and you, 
you know, part of your logical mind is trying to comprehend why somebody would, you know, allow, and it's, it's, it's a weird dynamic, but yes, I understand totally. And as far as your analogy, instead of the, let's say domestic, let's make that demonic. Yes. And part of what I said at the beginning, Sean, about human beings driven by pain and pleasure and in our subconscious mind, pain is the unknown. Pain is change. In other words, let's say you have been living this existence with some type of malevolent haunting an entity gets better gets worse it torments you your life is kind of like discombobulated maybe your relationships have gone south and of the root of it all is this entity and sometimes as much as your logical mind says i need to get out of this you know i, I i'm so unhappy i'm you know dark thoughts are always in my mind when it really comes right down to the moment of basically letting it go they don't in other words you could come in there and do everything and if this person on a spiritual mental level still wants to continue in that relationship with this entity that's and i'm sure you've heard of it sometimes where people they do clearances on houses and everything quiets down for a week or two and then it comes back yeah always worse always worse and you're thinking what happened here how did this happen a lot of times you were successful but somebody there was drawing it back because there is some and you know sometimes sometimes we even have carryovers from family curses as far as generational uh, vows that have been taken with entities and i'm sure you've heard of that um in other words it sometimes it even predates that person's lifetime sometimes it could be something that's been with their family i've even heard of your ancestors in some cases pledging their offspring and everybody thinks of sacrifices as an actual sacrifice like a physical sacrifice sometimes you will have your some of your ancestors that basically pledged their offspring to suffering but not in a physical way, in a spiritual way. And this is why sometimes it's so hard to break that connection and that attraction that that person is desperate. Like, I need to get out of this, but they somehow can't break the connection. That's why. Sometimes that is an aspect of a dark, you know, a dark attachment. Yes, absolutely. It reminds me of a of a story that I even have in in my book about the father who was long, long line of people that were into uh, you know black magic and witchcraft mm -hmm. and what have you. The darker stuff, the perverted stuff. Not you know I don't want every witch that I'm friends with and Wiccan that I'm friends with to be yeah. mad at me now. <laughs> but it, I mean, even like you know, there's pedophile priests. There's right. yeah people in every walk of this. Thing, yes. all the many things we do that the certain people pervert that stuff and make mm -hmm. it bad right um and he uh at the time of well, how am i going to say this without uh tina just saying uh, your show's done um <laughs> at the time of 
oh my gosh, we're all adults, right? At the time of ejaculation right. with his wife, and he got her pregnant with the daughter that I ultimately performed an exorcism on some 15 years later. Mm-hmm. He looked up into the sky and gave his seed and his coupling and his whatever it was he was doing to the devil Right. at that moment. She, the wife remembered it as it happened, as if it happened yesterday, the very night that it happened, and right. that that very night that she was able to determine that that was also the night that she got pregnant. Okay. And um, that and that just goes right along that line. Tran- transgenerational curses. Yes. They're very real. Yes, they are. Um, and really, really scary. And you just don't know. It's like I was getting some really crazy dri- paranormal drive-bys here at the house for some time and they were so different than what I was normally used to mm-hmm. happening that I uh, did what a lot of my colleagues will get mad at me for saying that reached out to a friend of mine who one of the few psychic mediums that I do believe she's truly gifted from God with the gift of discernment and and a seer and she said you've got your family back in the olden times, back in England, were part of the witch trials. Right. And somewhere along that line, a deed was done. And this is a transgenerational curse that moved down. And there's some that are still mad at your family. And there's no way to go back and fix, redo the deed. You have to figure out another way to confront this and try to make things better, which I, I have done some things, taken some advice of some people, and done, you know, a lot of extra. Uh, praying to my own God that, uh, you know, uh, you know, whatever. But it's just, um, yeah, we all don't have the answers, and we're all going to have them one day. But we're going to get ready right now to go into the last break, Marlene. When we get back, I want to make sure everybody knows how, all the different ways they can reach you. Okay. I want to talk about the new podcast. And if you want to take us out at the end of the show with a scary ghost story that you've recently gotten uh from one of your from one of your friends would be very cool don't go nowhere brothers and sisters last segment marlene pardo pelliser my wonderful guest tonight let me make sure everybody has everything they need to know on you you've got a wonderful website been to it many times marlenepardo.com you have stranger than fiction stories you have miami that's this this is the your flagship right miami ghost chronicles you have nightshade diary Mm -hmm. and then i stumbled upon the your new podcast supernatural story time tell me how that came about well many you know since i've been investigators since the 90s i would have people send me emails of um of experiences that i'd had this was long before i ever thought of any of this of, you know, of collecting, it just people would would send me stories of, as in things that had happened to, most of the times it was first-hand experiences. Uh, you know, hey, this happened to me or some, and then of course, you know, after a while, I mean, I, believe it or not, I kept these emails. I'm, I'm real good with that. And um, I said, you know what? Everybody wants to hear these true ghost stories. And the thing is, a lot of these stories, you, sometimes you never have a really explanation because, you know, people are used to these ghost stories where you find out what happened and, or who the ghost was and then the conclusion. And a lot of times people have these experiences where they have no idea what the origin is 
And nine times out of ten, they end up moving away, either because they just had to move away, like, or because the family, if it was bad enough, said, we're out of here. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Uh, so I collected a bunch of stories along the way. And, and even now, I still get people sending me uh, experiences they've had. In other words, it's not always contact as, as in I need an investigation or I need help. Sometimes it's like this happened to me and I never figured it out. And I wonder if it was this, that, or the other thing. Uh, a lot of times it's, believe it or not, this, you know, those experiences are what opens the door for them to realize, boy, the paranormal does exist. Absolutely. Well, one story, one of these many stories uh, that you've recently posted, and there's just so many of them, that jumped out at me. And if it's if it's a good story and you have time to tell it, great. If not, I understand. But what jumped out at me about it, one, the title, Black Hounds. Yes. And you hear people all the time talk about um, the hounds of hell and, yes. and demon dogs and things. Well, I'm here to tell you, they exist because I've dealt with two of them on two separate occasions uh, during cases, very, very dark cases. And um, I know them to be real. And I wondered if that was a good story that you thought you could share with us. Well, it, it just, well, that, that was, was, that was like a, but, and like you said, historically, you know, a lot of traditions have that, that black hound, black dog and, in some cases, it, they see it like almost like a banshee. Like, you know, if you see one, it's like a curse or somebody's going to die. In other words, or you heard them baying. But then you have other people that have had these sightings. And I'll tell you what, my, you know, where I live at, it's kind of a little bit on the agricultural side. And most of the intersections you come to are four-way stop signs. And out here, you could go, there's a lot of, you know, fields and trees and nurseries and and one time, I remember, uh, so every once in a while, you'll see dogs wandering around by, by nightfall, you know, mm, you really don't see, believe it or not, that many animals around, you know, besides, like a dog, in other words. Yeah. And uh, one time, my sons had a sighting of something uh, at a four-way stop sign where I was like, you saw what? And it was like standing, it was a, a dog, and it was sitting on its haunches like at... At, at a four-way stop sign, which is really weird. When you see a dog, usually it's yeah. it's either in a pack with other animals, you know, they, or they're just moving around or they're crossing the street. And um, I remember we went back the same way. He came by to pick me up, like maybe not even five minutes later. No sign of it. And he was like, Mom, I saw it. It weirded him out uh, as far as that sighting. But I have heard of... A lot of people that, uh, and one time, uh, you know, this this almost kind of has a little bit, you know, also with the dogman theory, even though that's totally different, you know, that's more cryptid. But <clears throat> this thing, as far as uh, the symbolism of a black hound being something evil, in other words, this is not the ghost of a black dog that. It's just, you know, and if you see it, um, think of Damien, you know, and the omen. Yeah. When you think yeah. of that Rottweiler, they didn't get a white shepherd. It was 
a black Rottweiler uh, demon hound. And so it's usually something very maleficent, dark. Um, I've had, uh, I've, I've been doing sometimes a show, Sean, and I've had dogs barking that I caught the EVP and it wasn't my dogs because my dogs were in the other bedroom. In other words, it was like right, and I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it till I reviewed the audio. And it was at nighttime and I clearly, I had a dog barking on my audio. And I, for the life of me, I could not figure out where that came from. Uh, so sometimes even these type of things, you do get them, capture them on EVP. Now, as far as um, I have, uh, I have uh, had um, people describe, especially, you know how dogs' eyes or animals' eyes, they glimmer if you catch the light a certain way? Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, uh, I, that's happened, you know, I, I have like three acres of land and I'm on the edge of the Everglades and I have a big grove of trees. And I remember one time I have a shed out there, which long ago we, we lost the light in it. So basically if I walk out there, it's dark, very dark. And yeah. I kind of stumble, I have to take a flashlight and I'll find something. And I remember one time going out there and I, I heard some rustling and I was thinking, man, I mean, we have owls out here, but they're usually like really little owls. In other words, there's nothing really big after dark that would make that type of noise. And I was thinking, man, oh, I got, you know, up thinking of my chickens again. And I saw something that really scared me because I saw something crouch down uh, and it's you know, difficult to say it's because it's, I've got a line of about 20 trees that are very big. They're like 25 years old. So their, their branches extend out a lot. So in other words, they cast a shadow, you know, in other yeah. words, within, you know, when you go out at nighttime, if you got a little bit of a moon, you got a little bit of visibility, but then if you're, if something's under the shadow of a tree, you really can't see anything. So absolutely, I'm seeing something, I'm standing there. I had, was going back to the shed. I can't remember what for. And I had my flashlight with me, which of course does not reach the the beam didn't reach all the way back there. And I heard that rustling, and I was thinking, man, what is that apostle? I was, and then I s- saw something, you know, like within the darkness under cast by the shadow of that tree, like move. And I was like, man, that's really big. Whatever that is, that's yeah. like not a possum. That's not a that's not a raccoon. That which I don't have them, by the way. And, and it, and you, you know, when you see something, it like walked on like four, on four, you know, four legs. And that's when I got a really good idea of the height of it. And at that point, it looked like a really big dog. You know, like this, you know, when you, you're, you know, in your brain, you're giving it dimensions based on what you know. So I'm looking at that and I'm thinking to myself, how did, how did a dog get into my, into my yard I was like wigging out and I saw this whatever it was go up on two legs okay and I saw that eye glimmer and that's the part this was a first-hand experience I had this was a part this is where I kind of like beat a hasty retreat 
back into because I have like a big carport in the back of the property. And again, mm-hmm. this out here is really, really dark. Yeah, you know, if you have a porch light, it, everybody here sits on acres and acres of land. And like I said, we're on the edge of the Everglades. And uh, this this house that I'm living in, it's been here for a hundred years because this was like part of the original agricultural area for South Florida. We would grow tomatoes and all of this where it was snowing in the rest of the United States out here. <laughs> they would be growing stuff in South Florida. Mm-hmm. And um, let me tell you, uh, at that point, like I said, you, you, it, your first instinct is to think of normal reasons of what you're seeing, what you're seeing. And then that was something that happened to me firsthand that I cannot explain because I was standing there like, in other words, I didn't jump to the conclusion that I'm looking at something supernatural or paranormal or dark. I'm, I'm hearing rustling and I'm like, oh, what's under the trees? God, a possum, darn it. I'm thinking my chickens and then I'm looking and it's like, no, it's not in the trees. I'm looking below the tree, the shadow, and I'm seeing like that darkness move. And then it takes a little bit, you know, when you strain your eyes and you keep looking in the darkness, you, you get a better, you, you know, your, basically your vision sharpens. Correct. And I'm like, man, wait a minute, what is that? You know, and I'm seeing like and something, it, 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 I don't know, it was very, um, it, it, talk about your mouth going dry with fear. <laughs> well, yeah, because your sixth sense yes. kicks in mm-hmm. and you just kind of know if you're, Witnessing something that one you haven't seen before, yes, but that's just not right, yes, and um, and you just happen, you just know it. Some of us have that uh, uh, spidey sense, and yes. some of us don't, yes. But um, and let me tell you something, yeah, and I cannot account. You know, some it, it, first of all, and, and this is the thing when you know my. My yard is totally fenced, and I mean, it's six foot, and it's got a barbed wire line on the top of it. The top most has got barbed wire on it all around, and the front of the property has got a six-foot cement fence, like a wall. With, In other words, plus my neighbors have the same thing. Everybody around me is fenced in, which is when I saw this, I was thinking, how did a dog, you know, get in here, you know? But I want to say that about then, Sean, is like exactly like what you were saying, where all of a sudden that spidey sense that's been typing you on the shoulder going, uh, uh, hey, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, because you're like, oh, that's the, that was the moment that I think that it was like, okay, because what you're looking at is not something regular how's that and i'm yeah. telling you sean all of a sudden when i saw that eye shine but it was like I, I, taller than at, at the height of what would be taller than a human being it was like how does you know like i'm it i said okay whatever that is that's really dark really dark and um big it, and big and like it was like your mind it cannot process how did this go from being looking like a very large dog shoulder you know if you're looking at the dimensions of a dog for from shoulder height 
how did this go from that to me be seeing eye shine about four feet all of a sudden above where the head would be? How's that? Oh yeah, that's uh, and it's not a bear. You know no, I don't bear. have. We don't have. We don't have because bears. They just, you know, I mean, I saw one video one time of a bear who it looked like he was born deformed. So he had one arm that was about it was just a stub. Mm -hmm. Didn't look like he lost it in a fight. It looked like he was born deformed. So throughout his life, he learned how to walk like a person. He was a wild bear. Right. But he could actually just walk. But even a bear that walks doesn't look like that. No. Um, And you you just know. No, there's no there's Uh, there's I mean. I live close to the Everglades, but am far enough away from it. First of all, we, they don't have bears out there. They have an occasional panther, but that's far away. There is nothing. I mean, there's enough civilization around me that, yeah, you're going to get maybe like a raccoon or a possum or, you know, but none of these animals that you could say, well, it was that. You know, you know how like a lot of people have sightings and they say, oh, what you saw was a bear. No, none of those apply. None of those. And I mean, I've walked out in my, the, the, that area behind where I live at with, in total pitch blackness in the middle of the night, no fear. I mean, there, in other words, I guess my point being, you know how sometimes people are kind of afraid and so they prime themselves and they get scared and when they see something or see anything, they're like, oh my God, I saw a shadow. You know, and they run back to the house. I've walked back out there all the way back to the end of the property line in the middle of the night uh and you're braver than i am doesn't bother me doesn't bother me at all but uh, that was that was and you know what uh i mean we could go then into you know and i'm sure maybe you've heard of it you know are you know is this something from another dimension you know is when we think of things from the paranormal supernatural world you know, because we always tend to think of these things on a spiritual level as being insubstantial, not tangible. But this looked pretty tangible to me. I'll tell you that much. It, oh, yeah. Well, once they punch a hole into this world mm-hmm. and they mean to interact with you, it's it's as, they're real. Right. Um, you yes. know, they can still be supernatural and, and of the spiritual realm. But when they're finally intent on you know, uh, contact, making contact with you. Right. Uh, they're very, re- they're real at that point. Right. And again, and it's like everything, like, you know, I've, I've dug up in my, in my property, which by the way, here it's big limestone deposits. You, you dig a little bit like six inches and you run into solid rock, but I've dug up here tons and tons of mollusk shells, which leads me to believe that at one point, in this area, not you know, strictly on my property, they had natives. This had to have been quite a way back, by the way, which were, uh, you know, eating seafood or mollusks or because you know that kind of thing. Uh, and I, I have found stuff like that on my property. My point being, you know, was this God and some type of elemental spirit. Uh, there's so many things and you know we've spoken about it sean where i've told you here you know where you have dark magic practices some of the santeria uh voodoo real dark magic stuff where people will do stuff uh conjure things and it bleeds into uh properties that are adjacent to it 
I've seen that. In other words, it wasn't yeah. the person living there who actually did something. It was just something that was close enough. Same thing here with the railroad tracks. Um, I mean, if real quick, we had a, a scenario where we had somebody uh, had a young teenager, you know, stupid thing, went up and saw one of these bags that was thrown on a railroad track. And when they looked on in it, it kind of had, they had a dismembered chicken, which that's part of it. Later that night, this poor kid, which had this, start having, having a nightmare. And basically she saw something standing in the corner of her bedroom, which looked like the way they described it was a very tall skeletal figure with a hood over it and that it smelled really bad and it had like a necklace of fingers attached to it okay and the the thing was basically an attachment that she got of what that spell work had been done for basically for her to wow. have touched it and looked in there it it kind of like said well who wants a dead chicken when I can have a live human? Absolutely. Uh, so that's scary. Yes, yes, and, and it um, it was pretty brutal what they had to do to get to cut, cut the connection between that thing that, which was by the way totally non-human, and uh, basically they had to give a blood offering to this entity. And the best thing that they could do was they kind of sliced the very tip of her pinky off. And they threw it back on the railroad track. You know. Wow. And they told her, you cannot come into this area. Don't cross this railroad track. I mean, like, stay away from this. Like, you do not come around here. Because, in other words, this thing has a taste of your blood. In other so don't don't tempt it we've broken it but you know like uh you know like when your ex calls that you're like okay you, there's still that connection there you can you yeah. have to stay totally away from this uh because again we're talking a non-human elemental dark spirit uh that was given a sacrifice and you kind of like got into the mix and the next thing you know it just jumps up jump ship and wants you and uh that that was that happened down here and uh and of course like everything it was the, the worst possible person which was a young teenager that this happened to and you know i hate to i hate to say it some you know um you'd like to think that and god created in my opinion my god created all of us and has the power over all of it but it's just there's so much more to it than that and I believe, you know, uh, along with giving us the free will, uh, you know, he did let the devil come down here and walk around and mess with us for 100 years. Oh. Uh, we all know how the war ends, but there's going to be a lot of lost battles. And people have to be careful because sometimes you've got to fight it with exactly. I'm not going to fight something that was brought into this world conjured through, you know, voodoo or hoodoo mm -hmm. or southern hoodoo or right. you know, Santeria or none of that. I'm going to just let those people handle that. That's your problem. That's right. in your neighborhood. Right. You know, I, um, 
because I've gone up against non-human entities that have no fear mm -hmm. of God whatsoever. Right. And it doesn't matter what you do. Uh, uh, just uh, they things get a lot worse if you're not careful. So no, right. Well, people, listen. Yeah, you know some, I love you, right? Yes, and it's been wonderful to talk to you again, Sean. I I'm, I know that I'm going to hear the music any second, and I don't want to just cut you off. I just want you to know that I love you, and that I can't wait to have you back again. Uh, and you know I'm going to be reaching out to you uh, for it again, because I always have a great time talking to you. But gosh, we have under a minute left, so. You know that you're on my prayer list. You can reach out to me for any anything, anytime. And you're just lucky I don't live out there because I would be banging on your door and just <laughs> throwing you over my shoulder and carrying you out to cases all the time. Your husband would hate me. <laughs> anyway, brothers and sisters, I hope you all had as much fun as I did. This was the wonderful founder of Miami Ghost Chronicles, which is her flagship but this was Marlene Pardo Pelliser. Follow her, look her up. Uh, just a wonderful person, as you can all tell. Everybody, please be a better version of yourself tomorrow than you were today and so on. Turn the other cheek. Work on your humility. Stop the violence. I love you all. Good night, and I'll be talking to you all next week. Bye, everybody. With MailChimp, you get a whole lot more than a URL. You get an all-in-one marketing platform to help drive sales. That means you can connect your data to make more informed, smarter decisions. And you get powerful automation tools like our customer journey builder to ensure you never miss an opportunity to turn shoppers into loyal customers. So if you're ready to integrate your marketing and boost sales, get started today at MailChimp.com smartmarketing MailChimp, built for growing businesses. We did it again. Verizon was just named America's most reliable network by Root Metrics for the 16th time in a row, proving once again that nobody builds networks like Verizon builds networks. That's why we're building 5G right. That's why there's only one best network, Verizon. Best and most reliable based on Root Metrics reports from second half 2013 to first half 2021 of three operators on all network types combined, not specific to 5G networks.